Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, Holland America rewards a service dog for 700 days at sea, and one airline has decided to reward middle seat passengers. Details next in the travel news. In our Smarter Traveler segment at 320, Mark addresses junk travel fees. They're apparently got the attention of the president, and he wants them gone. Or is this just a ploy to get more votes? But if he's serious, we couldn't be more pleased. Disney, a man's name has become a magical word for three generations. At 335, we introduce you to a Disney expert. She shares some tips, and we give you a chance to win her beautiful National Geographic book. And off to cruising with Gwen Duncan, our cruise expert with Cordially Yours Travel. That's coming up. Everything cruising with Gwen at 350. Thanks for joining us on Sacramento Radio's only travel show. Welcome to the Travel Guys. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. Another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Locally sourced, part of the Sports Leisure Vacations Radio Network. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing pretty good. You know, as people listen to this, um, I am in New York City at an international travel show gathering up interviews and the likes so that we can inform our folks and make them smarter travelers, not only when they're traveling in the U.S., but all around the planet. So some of those will come up uh, next week. We have some pretty good stuff today, though. We've got Gwen Duncan with a cruise update. We've got uh, a gal from Disney who wrote this book about all these amazing Disney experiences that she had, and she shares some of them with us, and we've got a copy of the book. So like the author that we had last week, we have a way of giving that to one of our lucky listeners. So if you if you stay tuned, why, in the second half of the program, you'll find out how to win this beautiful Disney book. It would make a great Christmas present for somebody who would like Disney. Oh, awesome. Yes, absolutely. And like Mark mentioned, we will tell you how you can win it a little bit later on in the program. Uh, with that being said, you know, I, I think actually we're going to get to the the news way ahead of time based on previous shows. The Top of Every Travel Guys radio show. We bring you up to date on what's been going on in the travel news. And with the travel news, here's Mark. Well, you've heard of airlines and cruise ships and hotels honoring people who have stayed with them or traveled with them or sailed with them for a long time. Holland America has recognized the first service animal, a 10-year-old black Labrador retriever named Joshka with the Platinum Medallion after achieving 700 cruise days with a line. A special ceremony was held aboard the Rotterdam's 150th anniversary transatlantic crossing this week. And Joska's 700th day aboard a Holland America ship was uh, celebrated. Her owners, Connie and Cornelius 
Marinusen, mm-hmm. I believe is the way you pronounce their yeah. last name, also obviously received their own platinum medallions because they have been traveling um, with their dogs. So um, they began cruising with Holland America in 2013, have taken about 60 cruises uh, since then. Cornelia is legally blind, so that's why she brings uh, the service dog with her on the ship. 700 days. That's two full years. Wouldn't it be a great interview to interview the dog? I'll tell you. We, I mean, we, if the we, dog could talk. Well, we had last week. We had the uh, uh, the dog that uh, rode the the bus to the yeah to the, the dog bus in park Seattle. out of Seattle. So why not? Yeah. Well, the show's kind of going to the dogs here lately, but at least they're at least they're cool stories. Hey, listen. Here's speaking of cool stories. Here's one from Mexico. Mexico has proposed that foreign airlines operate domestic flights within Mexico. This is kind of interesting. The Mexican president uh, says he thinks it's a solution to offer more travel options in the country. I've never heard of this before. But um, he wants, he says, American carriers such as American Delta Southwest Spirit can, fl- can fly into more Mexican cities and make more connections with other cities, uh, but cannot d- directly operate a flight solely between cities. So what he's suggesting is that an American, uh, uh, a flight from the United States could come into Mexico mm-hmm. and go to Mexico City and then on to Puerto Vallarta or something like that, and they could turn around and come back the other way. You wouldn't be able to travel between the Mexican cities, but you would be able to travel and make an extra stop or perhaps two and get back to the, to the United States. So interesting. Uh, Mexico has its own domestic carriers, but um, it's very interesting for a president to come out and say, hey, bring us more air service under these special conditions into our country. We'll see what uh, see how that works. In the headlines, we mentioned... An airline, uh, Virgin Australia, is turning the middle seat from dreaded hot, uh, the worst place on the plane, into a hot property. This is a tremendous idea. They're using a lottery and prizes that suddenly makes the middle seat a hot property. Uh-huh. Um, they've, they've got almost a quarter of a million dollars worth of prizes. Um, somebody will win the contest every week, free flights to rugby games in Australia, cruise packages, vacation packages, um, big batches of airline points so that you can buy, so that you can go wherever you want to. I think this is a tremendous idea. I really congratulate the Virgin people for thinking of this. Oh, so Virgin Airlines is doing this? Virgin, yeah, Virgin, Virgin Australia. Ah, okay. Ah, so you have to go to Australia to win the prize, but... Maybe they'll get the attention of somebody over here. Right, right. Okay. How, what would, would that it take, not make it? What know? kind of a prize would you go for, Mark, if uh, they to get you to uh, Mister Right in first class to settle for a middle seat? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't get to ride in first class all that often, <laughs> um, and and but, a lot of it is a, a lot of it's at the mercy of you know status upgrades, hoping that I have enough status that they'll they'll bump me up there. Well, what would it um, take? What would it take? Uh, if the flight is more than an hour, there's not, or an hour and a half, there's not anything that you could give me to sit in a middle <laughs> seat with the hopes of winning a prize. If you told me for sure I was going to win the prize, then I would sit in the middle seat. I'd do it for an hour. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I was sitting next to somebody that I knew, um, you know, I just, I fly so much that um, being sandwiched between a couple of people that I don't know, even if there was a reward at the end of the day, um, if one of them was oozing over onto me or something like that, I don't think I could justify that. 
Okay. Let's move on with the travel news. Okay. Okay. Um, bridge to hotel zone in Cancun is temporarily suspended. Um, they are going, we're going to build a, a new bridge to the hotel zone in Cancun, but environmentalist groups have stepped in and so now the bridge is on hold. So if you were thinking it was going to be a little easier to get around in Cancun, you're on hold. We'll get back to you on that. Um, Southwest Airlines, along with all of the other carriers, has been reporting their third quarter results recently and um, all of them have been re- have reported pretty good quarters. Uh, they have seen jumps in profit. All of them have exceeded their their uh, predicted profits, and some of them have guided higher in the fourth quarter. So they had record record summer revenue, and now the airlines are looking to be pretty well uh, sitting pretty fat and sassy at least through the end of the year. Southwest says the company expects strong demand to continue well into 2023, with around 90 percent of its route network to be restored by next summer, and they hope that 100 percent restored by December of 2023. So um, if they don't restore those 5 a.m. flights to Portland and Seattle next summer. I will be okay with that, <laughs> believe it or not, getting up at one thirty in the morning to go on vacation. I know. If, they would, if your wait time at the airport was, you know, 20 minutes, it wouldn't be so bad, but you got to be out there two hours ahead of time. And- well, that's it. I mean, you know, you're out there, there's no food places open, you know, uh, there's still people coming in from the night before when you... <laughs> When you go to park, the last flights that got in from the night before, you're passing those people in the parking lot. Okay, here's something fun on the Las Vegas Strip. A massive arcade has opened on the Strip as part of the Horseshoe Las Vegas rebranding, dubbed the Arcade. Um, it's a 7,000-foot, square-foot arcade on the Strip. Um, this is cool. You can have the slot machines. I would go to Las Vegas, 7,000 square feet. All of these machines, there's got to be some real pinball machines in there. I would they can't think. all be video machines. Right. Yeah, yeah. The, that, that's the horseshoe in Las Vegas. Just don't go down and take up all the good machines because I will be down there before too long. The and, horseshoe. Uh, is is that on the Strip or is that over there on Fremont Street? No, it's over on Fremont. It's okay. over on Fremont. Well, Which to me, it, if you're going to Las Vegas and you're going to gamble – Go to go downtown. Um, the rules are are just a little bit friendlier, and you'd be surprised how a little bit friendlier can make a difference at the end of the day. Um, and it's just a, especially if you're playing low limit, then that's the place to be, because th- then you don't have to worry about you know all these guys that are you know have got their life savings on the table. I love if I'm going to gamble, I definitely would go to downtown Las Vegas. My favorite spot there is the Golden Nugget. Oh yeah, and if you really uh, things are really going bad for you, you can just go ahead and. Let it all out and do the zip line on your belly down the middle of Fremont Street. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay money. I would for even a picture of that, not to, not to watch it, but just a picture of Romano headed down well, you know, Fremont next, Street on his I, belly. I've come real close a couple of times. I just didn't have enough liquor in me. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> next time I go, I will be sure that that happens. We'll you, post it on the, on the radio site, uh, TravelGuysRadio.com. You will uh, absolutely. Okay, here is a new survey on family travel trends. And uh, some of their interesting finally, findings, the top three family vacation styles are changing. The interest in nature-focused or more active family vacations is waning in preference towards beach vacations. I would kind of argue that was nature-related. But beach vacations, city vacations, and visiting friends and family. 
Well, that could be a, as a result of COVID or, um, you know, people were trying to get towards uh, nature focused destinations because they were trying to get away from people and maybe not doing family vacations because once again, they were getting trying to get away from people. So I don't know that that survey really, really exposes all that wonderful information. But anyways, that's the way we'll end the travel news for today. Well, Mark, I was probably as surprised as you and many other people when we saw the president uh, this past week getting after those what he referred to as junk travel fees. In fact, uh, he kind of covered all the bases, junk fees, period. Period, yeah. We're very familiar with the junk travel fees, and I'm sure Chris Elliott will probably want to comment on this when we we talk to him next. So... uh, what do you think prompted this? Well, um, and remind me before this segment ends that I have a, a story about a junk travel fee from a place that I really love that has instituted a really bogus fee. Okay. Um, anyways, um, President Biden, uh, it's election time, and nobody likes to pay these ridiculous fees. I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, or from another country. Um, nobody likes getting goosed when they don't expect it. And what the president is basically saying is that uh, if you want to try out, charge these fees, that's fine. Other people have said this. But what I want to see is when I pull up the screen that says the hotel room is $186, I want to see plus the taxes, plus the resort fee, plus anything else that you charge brings the total cost of the hotel room to $237.06. And now I can make a comparison with other hotels because I'll give you an example, the one I was just talking about, the Apple Farm Inn, one of my favorite places on the whole planet to stay, San Luis Obispo, always a top-notch independent property, great food, super clean, and in recent years started to show some cracks around the edges. We called them last week to book a, a group for a couple of nights, and so we're talking 40 nights. We call them up, and they quote us a rate, and it's about 50 bucks over what we've paid before, but I'm getting kind of used to that now. And so then they send me the contract, and I see, well, there's $25 a night resort fee, uh, which covers um, uh, fresh-baked cookies and Wi-Fi and parking and a couple of other things. And guess what? The cookies and the Wi-Fi and the parking all used to be free. So this is, a, you know, like you say, this is something that didn't have any resort fees pr- prior to this. Exactly. Plus, plus, as I told the lady on the phone, you, you are the Apple Farm Inn. You are not a resort. You are a motel by the side of the road. You don't get to charge $25. Um, to eat. And what really fried me was, and this is what the president is talking about, is that when this happens, the it this didn't show up until the very – I went online to see what their rates were and stuff like that while I'm talking to the lady on the phone to make sure that what she's quoting me is in line with what they're charging the public. And when I get – and when – I get to the part where she sends me the email and says, well, you know, plus resort fees and taxes. I go online and see that the resort fee is $25 for this little hotel by the side of the road that isn't a resort, has no right to charge the $25 on any level. So this is what the president is talking about, is that if you're going to charge these bogus fees, and he's not the only guy, Secretary Buttigieg, lots of people, we have talked about it on on more than one occasion, if you're going to charge these things, we want to know about it on the first screen. The first time a price is quoted, we want to know about all the garbage that you're going to charge us along the way and what's the bottom line price. And that's pretty much what the president is talking about here. I really wish him well. I was glad to see him come out and say this. 
I suspect that it has a lot more to do with getting elected than it does with actually getting something done. But please, Mr. President, surprise me. Yeah. Because I would love to see something come out of Congress or anything that had some teeth in it that told these people that you've you've got the Department of Transportation could make this happen for they couldn't make it happen for the hotels, but they certainly good for the airlines and the like. Um, on that first screen where your fare is is shown, then it should be shown that this is what baggage costs. And this is here are any other extra fees that you may uh, run into in the course of normally booking this particular ticket. So this is what this ticket costs. Instead of getting to the last screen of the computer and finding out that, oh, here's all these additional charges and now here's what it really costs. Let me just see the hands from listeners out there of all the people who have had this happen to them. You're buying something, not even travel, and you get to the last screen and suddenly you see there's something on the screen that you never saw before this. Now, see, I see. Look at the hand. Look at how many hands are up. I can't believe there. how many hands went up. Just yeah, about everybody. Yeah. So this is a this is a bit. Let me ask you, Tom. You're you're a consumer. I've heard you grouse about these things from time to time. How do you feel about all of this? Uh, you know, it's it's been going on for a long time. The problem is, is that uh, it's not just a matter of the fact that you have to spend an extra twenty minutes digging for the final amount, but the fact that the final amount has all of these fees, resort fees, uh, and so forth for things that used to be complimentary or were just part of the stay. Uh, again, having them revealed early on would be fine. Uh, I'm not as much upset about the fact that it it's there, that you got to dig for it, but the fact that it's there at all. And, and you know, it's like renting a car. You, you Your car's, whatever, twenty five ninety nine a day. Well, that's not twenty five. Where are you renting your cars? Well, whatever. <laughs> Bottom line is, is that by the time they put the taxes, the license, the dock fees, and all of that, it's now uh, fifty dollars a day. But here again, you don't get it until you go all the way to the end. So you're trying to make comparisons with bad information. Uh, I say, if, down with resort fees. Be done with it. Off with their heads. If they, if they were so proud of these fees and they thought they were so legitimate, why do they take such care to hide them from people? If if there was no problem and it wasn't going to cause them a competitive disadvantage, then why don't they just on the very, when you log on, it says, hey, you know, for a $25 resort fee, look at all of this stuff that you get. Now, occasionally, and I'm staying at the Marriott uh, Marquis in, in, in Times Square this week, that's where our sports leisure vacationers stay when we take groups to New York City. It's not the cheapest place in town, but surprisingly, it's not the most expensive, and it's an incredible location. You can step out of your room and be in Times Square. Marriott has a $30 a night resort fee, which they don't charge to groups, thankfully. Um, but I will face that this weekend. But Marriott has a little cachet to theirs. You get a $30 in-house food credit each day. You can't accumulate mm. them. So if you mm-hmm. stay three nights, you don't get a $90 credit towards one meal. You get $30, and then the next day you get $30 again, and the next day you get $30 again. So hypothetically, you could pay for two-thirds of breakfast for a couple people or buy breakfast for free for somebody. Or, But if you don't use it completely, then it goes away. So at least there is some value there. I've noticed that the Marriott Marquis, Times Square is an incredibly overpriced place, but because when they started passing out – these discount, these uh, vouchers to people, the food prices went up even a little bit more 
because, of course, they're giving away a lot of food. But anyway, it's that at least makes an effort to give the customer something for their dollar. These resort, these hotels that are turning themselves into resorts so they can goose people. And one of the reasons they do this, I'm not a tax guy, but one of the reasons they do it is because it goes into a different bucket. It's treated as different, a different type of revenue and a different type of income. It's taxed very differently. We should get a tax guy on here someday to explain in layman's terms how that's different. I can do that. I know one. Let's plan on it. I'll, <laughs> All right. Well, let, make, yeah, that would I, be fun to, to somebody to tell us how much and how these folks are gaining an advantage. But anyway, Mr. President, um, thank you for speaking up about the junk fees. Uh, made me very happy when I saw that. But I can't help but tell you that the very first thing I saw, thought was, you know, we're three weeks from Election Day and you're trying to make people happy. So uh, you got two more years in office, Mr. President. Um, you could make this radio announcer really happy if you you and Mr. Buttigieg and the Department of Transportation really cracked down on some of these people and made them play by some real rules instead of just goosing us every time we turn around. You know, not to get too political about it, but, uh, you know, uh no, I don't care who does it. It doesn't matter to me which party they're from. Exactly. Um, and that, friends, is just one man's opinion. And our guest today is an author. Marcy Smothers is, loves all things Disney. Her new book is 100 Disney Adventures of a Lifetime, Magical Experiences from Around the World. Marcy, welcome to the Travel Guys. Thank you, Mark and Tom. I'm thrilled to be with you guys. Marcy, um, your book is really, really, really cool. And let me just tell our listeners that we have a copy of it. And we will give you a chance to win the copy at the end of the interview. So if you hang on, um, we'll give you a chance to get a copy of this book. Marcy, you've taken kind of an inside look at, at Disney. Tell us a little bit about some of the must-dos at the, at, the, at the park. You know, there is, what first of all, a uh, little known thing is there's way more than 100. Right? There's all these subcategories. So, however, if I have to say the must-dos, I would say at Disney California Adventure, across from Disneyland. Uh, this is a free thing, which, by the way, is important to me. I have everything from achievable to aspirational, so there's hopefully something for everybody. Cars Land, which the lore goes that when the little boy walked into Cars Land when it first opened, he turned to his dad and said, Daddy, is this where they made the movie Cars? Because it looks <laughs> just like you, the movie. You step into the film. Mm-hmm. So every day at dusk, just like the movie, the neon lights turn on, and they play the Shaboom music, again, just like the Cars movie. To me, that's something that you should not miss. It's not listed in any of the guides, but it's exceptional. And then overall, Disneyland and Walt Disney World, I consider the flag retreat, a tradition that Walt started on opening day of Disneyland, something that is not to be missed. It's an exceptional ceremony. It's emotional. It's patriotic. Walt was a fierce patriot. And it's an attraction. I even consider it an attraction that most people don't know about. Our special guest today on the Travel Guys, Marcy Smothers, who has written a book, 100 Disney Adventures of a Lifetime, Magical Experiences from Around the World. We'll give you a chance to win a copy of the book when we're done here. Uh, Marcy, let me ask you a question here. Uh, Disney is very much a child's experience. I mean, we, we, we all remember going there as a child or aspiring to go there as a child. There are probably not too many children listening to this show today. There are a lot of adults, a lot of grandparents, some parents. Oh, yeah, but um, we're just as addicted as we were when we were kids, though. Exactly, and that's a good point, Tom. So what does an adults-only Disney experience look like? 
Well, first of all, there is a thing. It's a thing. It's called Disney adulting. There's hashtags that go crazy, Disney adulting. So the idea is exactly just what you said. What do adults do when they aren't there with children? Well, one thing they do often is to experience the extreme attractions that young kids wouldn't want to go on, things that I'm still terrified of, uh, (laughs) including, you know, Expedition Everest at Disney's Animal Kingdom or the Incredicoaster here at Disney California Adventure. So there's that. But when most people talk about Disney adulting, they mean indulging in adult beverages. I knew that was coming. And and we have a lot. We do have that included as one of the adventures in the book because it it is something. And so, for instance, at Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, there's one at Disneyland and there's one at Walt Disney World. There is Oga's Cantina. And oh, this yeah. is similar to the car's description. You walk into the Katina that you watched in the, in the Star Wars series. Mm-hmm. The characters are there. The music is there. The themes, the cocktails are themed. But my personal favorite Disney adult thing is at Walt Disney World, and it's the monorail crawl. So you get on the monorail. Let's say you start at the Contemporary, a day one Walt Disney World hotel from 1971. You go up to the California Grill. You have your first cocktail there with staggering views of the Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. Then you don't stagger down because you're being responsible, but then you get back on the monorail. And then you'll arrive at the um, Polynesian, and the Polynesian will offer you Trader Sam's Tiki Bar, which is one also an attraction in and of itself. Fantastic, fantastic experience. A lot of immersive themed entertainment going on in that bar. And then you'll end up at the Grand, Cal- Grand Floridian and the multiple bars that you can experience. My favorite is the one that's themed to Beauty and the Beast. So, uh, But a monorail crawl. I mean, how fun is that? And, of course, you would take a, a ride share home. Yeah, that, that's great. So, so bottom line, your book uh, outlines all of these different kinds of attractions, as Mark mentioned, one that's Disney for adults and uh, all of the, the, the things that are behind the scenes that a lot of folks are not aware of. Uh, your book doesn't try to stay timely with, uh, with ticket prices or any of that kind of thing, I'm guessing, Marzi, because it would be outdated the moment that it came out because Disney changes things so quickly. Uh, so people aren't going to be able to really use it as a, uh, oh, well, let's take this book and it'll, it'll help us decide uh, what kind of ticket package and uh, adventure we're going to <laughs> take, right? Yeah, I would, I would say it's a combination of a guidebook and a wish book. For the most part, we looked at things that we know are going to be around for years, whether they be the National Geographic, expeditions like the trip to Rwanda to see the gorillas or the adventure by Disney trip to Norway where you can learn about all things frozen and also have a historical Norwegian tour. Those type of things that are we know repeat. And then, of course, within the parks, the attractions that we know will stay or the, the entertainment that we know will stay. So I do think we have a pretty, you know, a pretty good mix, again, of things across the swath of the Disney world and also things that you can do for free, things that are affordable, and for sure things that are also splurges. And mo- I would really say, I mean, they're, they're, they're there to stay, at least for the next several years. Marcy, before we let you go here, I want to ask you one more thing. Um, you, 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 on your cheat sheet here, you have which uh, Adventures with Walt, where Disney fans can go to explore more about the world's greatest showman. I kind of think Walt Disney was one of the most um, creative people. I didn't much agree with his politics, but he was one of the most creative people to ever walk the, the face of the planet. Um, so tell us where Disney fans can go to explore more about, find out more about Walt Disney at Disneyland. 
You probably Disney just World. asked me my favorite question. Yeah, right. Because primarily, I'm a Walt Disney historian. And my first book, like Walt, was you know about the culinary history of Disneyland. My current book is Walt's Disneyland, A Walk in the Park with Walt Disney, which is essentially a guide to Disneyland told in Walt's words and the people that knew Walt. I said, if we're going to do a book about Disney, much less a book that is tied to the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company in 2023, we must have Adventures with Walt. And, and that geo was great. Yes, absolutely. And that's interesting because they're really not company-owned uh, visits, right? But I felt that it was really important for the reader to have the opportunity to get to know not just the legend, but really the man and personally see the influences and inspirations in his life. So those include going to Marceline, Missouri, Walt's hometown, seeing the original Main Street USA that he grew up with, and also the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, the very close in Sacramento to the Walt Disney Family Museum in San Francisco is a must for any Disney fan, regardless if you're a Walt movie fan, if you're a Walt Disneyland fan, if you're a Walt fan, uh, the merry-go-round that helped Walt in Griffith Park and inspired Walt, his birthplace in Chicago, even places you can go where Walt ate in L.A. And you'd be surprised how many people like to eat like Walt, like I do, go to places that had some meaning in his life and even order the same, <laughs> if they can, the same types of food. So, yes, the Adventures with Walt entries are a big part. There are two in every chapter, and there's a lot of Walt in the throughout the book. If I can tie an adventure into Walt one way or the other, like the Alaska experience that you can have with the Disney Cruise Line, which is pretty amazing. Well, Walt spent some time in Alaska, and of course he did his true life adventure film. So, Yes, Walt Disney, we are celebrating the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company, and we wouldn't have any of these myriad experiences in the world if there was not just the mouse, but there was the man. Our guest has been author Marcy Smothers. Her book is 100 Disney Adventures of a Lifetime, Magical Experiences from Around the World with Disney. Um, we have a copy of it. You hang on for just a minute here. We're going to tell you how, that you, how you can win it. win it. Marcy, thank you for taking a little bit of time um, today, and thanks for the book. It really is a beautiful, beautiful Beautiful, beautiful book. I appreciate it, guys, and have a magical day. Thanks, Mark and Tom. Okay, Mark, we promised our listeners a chance to win that Disney book. We did. It's a hundred Disney adventures. It's a hardcover book, kind of like the one we gave away last week. It's from National Geographic, so it's a really cool book. It's also a really heavy book. So the one caveat is if you win, you have to be willing to come to the Sports Leisure Vacations office on Bradshaw, or uh, off of Folsom Boulevard, uh, near Bradshaw, and pick it up. Well, so yeah. that's the that, that's the one contingency. I see. And do they need to do they need to bring a hand truck? No, they don't need a hand truck. It's not not that big of a book. So you're probably wondering, how do I win this book, Mark? And Mark would tell you, the way we gave it away last week was we said, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. On the front page, there's a little button there that says Contact Us. And just go on, put your name, your email address, and say that you would like to have the Disney book. And if you enter, um, we'll wait until tomorrow morning about 9 o'clock. And then from all of the entries, the computer will randomly generate uh, one winner. Sherry Hatch won the book last week and picked it up from us. We had about uh, 70 entries. So uh, if you are interested in getting the Disney book, go to TravelGuysRadio.com, click on the contact link, put your name, your email address. If you want to put your phone number in there, that's fine. Just mention that you would like the Disney book, and we will know, and we will make a random call and notify the winner on Monday morning. And we'll even notify the losers, too. 
<laughs> All right. So that's it's as simple as it is. All right. Travelguysradio.com. And uh, perhaps you can win this uh, really large book that Mark can't afford to mail to you. I was thinking that you, you know, this was a book for you. I, tr- I was going to give it to you to f- in the first place because you're such a huge Disney fan. I am. I, I, I feel bad that I didn't come by and... When you offered it and picked it up at the office, you would probably have not have gotten it back. But you know yeah. what? Uh, Marcy's uh, now a friend of the travel guys. So perhaps I can break down and, and go get one. Yeah, sounds like she's had some pretty interesting um, Disney adventures over the years. Um, next, we're going to talk to Gwen Duncan about uh, cruises. Uh, Gwen, of course, sells a lot of cruises. She's kind of our cruise expert, and she has um, is going to talk to us about people have been making cruises. I want to taking cruises. I want to know what they're saying when they come back, um, and and how is you know how are sales going? Just how is it generally the cruise business? Because we're we're starting to see some pretty good deals, and also maybe Gwen can tell us how our listeners can tap into some of those deals. The wonderful cruise expert with cordially yours travel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, uh, Miss Gwen Duncan. Gwen? Thank you, Tom and Park. <laughs> nice, to, nice to talk to you again, Gwen. Um, you've, you sell a lot of cruises. And yes. so, obviously, you have folks who are going cruising, and then, hypothetically, they come back from the cruise. And yes. I'm sure... You get some input from those folks. So we've been, you know, we've been back on the seas now and the rivers for a few months. The COVID restrictions have been relaxed some. Uh, things are, are hypothetically returning to normal. What are your clients saying when they're coming back from their cruises? Okay. Um, they're, they're happy that they're moving away from having to wear masks all the time. That's an optional thing. And the pre-testing, they're not having to do pre-tests to get on the ship if they've been vaccinated. If they've not been vaccinated, then uh, the the testing may be required. And the social distancing is relaxed. Um, and they're really glad about not having to do the muttering, how you used to crowd out on the deck and go through the safety uh, requirements. Now you can do it um, via the Internet, whether it's on your phone or in the cabins. But you still have to certify that you did go to one of those meetings so that you can uh, be uh, technically legal. They they have some real strict requirements for going through the muster. And then uh, they've included, um, they're allowing you to do your self-serving at the banquets again, some mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the doctors, they've been hiring more doctors, so they'll have more doctors on or nurses um, and they've they've um, upgraded to medical grade uh, disinfectants and stuff like that. Lots of lots of good things happening to make it safer. Gwen, let me ask you: Have you had anybody who has purchased a cruise from you who has gone out on a cruise and either gotten sick or tested positive when they've come back? No, um, I've had people test positive just before they were going to go on one, which was sad. Um, yeah. I think I think one of the things that's important for for people to know is that when you book a cruise, right now the protocols are relaxed, but some of them have tightened up. I'm going to give you an example. I had somebody uh, register for a um, uh, Australia New Zealand cruise, a two week cruise. She was looking so forward to it, and they weren't requiring. Uh, this was on a Holland America. They weren't requiring vaccinations. 
And so she's uh, got MS, so she couldn't uh, be vaccinated. So she was thrilled she got to go on this cruise. But then she just got the notice that Australia has decided to re uh, reincorporate the, the restrictions and they're requiring the vaccines for Australia. So now she had to change her destination. So the things that are, are changing regularly and people are going to have to stay current on these things. I'm going to recommend for your clients, I mean, for the listeners, that they go to a couple different websites. One's called uh, CN Traveler. That's uh, ContiNosTraveler.com or um, uh, ThePointsGuy.com. Um, that's a couple of them uh, that will that will keep you up to date on what's required uh, up to to the last minute because things are changing. Some of the destinations have tightened up because of uh, the Delta variant or the Omicron variant. You just don't know what's going to happen. It's going to change your plan. So uh, I'm recommending that people people really uh, keep on top of the destination they're planning on going to. So the good news is that it's a lot safer on the high seas um, than it was previously. It's a lot easier to go. It sounds like your people are having a good time. Of course, winter is coming. And I guess that the thing I get from you, Gwen, here is that, yes, a lot of things have been relaxed, but on a moment's notice, things can be unrelaxed. So you you need to be prepared for a variety. This is what we tell people on tour. Just because we're not requiring a mask on the motor coach doesn't mean that you shouldn't bring a mask with you because there may very well be places. I saw uh, where a couple of Broadway theaters have decided to go back um, to masking their patrons um, as opposed to allowing them to come in unmasked because they'd had breakouts of, of COVID within the cast. So I, I think this is kind of the, the biggest point that we probably could make here is this is a moving target. So whatever it is today may not be what it is tomorrow. So you need, to your point, you need to do your homework and stay informed. And we will put links to those two websites that you mentioned at TravelGuysRadio.com. So if you want to follow up um, and get some more information from the websites that Gwen is uh, has mentioned here. Gwen, let me ask you about riverboats. Those have gotten more and more popular. Um, we have more river cruises here in the States than we've had previously. Viking now has a humongous uh, ship out on the river. Of course, they're all having problems with the Mississippi right now. Are you seeing an increased interest in domestic river cruises as opposed to international river cruises? Well, um, I was expecting that, but with the water issues that we've had, um, you know, remember Viking had to stop some of their sailings, and that was on a new new ship because of the water levels. Um, and so people are a little leery about that. And so it wasn't as strong as I expected it to be domestically this year. But I expect that that's going to improve. But it is really strong for Europe, even though they had a period this last summer where the water was too low. And, um, and it made it really tough. And so you had a bus trip instead of a river trip. You know yeah, I mean? that's, that's, that, has happened, that has happened before. So it is one of the you know the ocean does the ocean doesn't tend to go down to a level where the where the ship gets stuck but rivers can be that Gwen before I let you go here I I want to ask you if folks are it's always a myriad of of numbers and you're looking for a cruise it's hard to make comparisons is there some website or something that people could do that might give them a shot at getting the best deal on a fairly regular basis or, or at least some of the better offers? 
Well, I'm, I'm going to recommend uh, that that you go that uh, um, the people go to the websites of the cruise lines that uh, that are their favorites or they have an interest in and sign up for their um, specials. Now they used to have before pre pre COVID, the um, uh, like for instance Royal Caribbean Celebrity used to advertise to agents on a Friday. Uh, when they were having some specials, allowing the agents and their database to try to sell them before Monday. And what was left would end up on the Internet on the Monday and opened up to everybody. So if you go onto each one of the, the websites and you sign up for their, day, their specials, they're, they're starting to bring back their weekly specials. And they, like, like a Celebrity has one now, and it's going to close up on October the 31st at 11.59, and then they'll go to a different special the next week. And so there, there are a lot of ways to do, but look on the website that you want to, want to, uh, to travel on, and there'll be, be some really good deals. You can see stuff on Cruise Critic and all that, but uh, check with your, check with your um, agent because they have special promos with their consortia that could um, offer you some um, uh, really good amenities or uh, um, cabin upgrades and like that that you won't get anywhere else. Okay, so um, the, the the bottom line here is consider if you have a travel agent slash advisor and you're looking for a cruise, this would be a good time to call him and say, I'm looking for a cruise. I want to know what the deals are. If you have a favorite cruise line, go to their website, see if there's a mailing list or special weekly up monthly updates that, that uh, you can get. Be careful. You may start getting daily updates. Um, yeah, like that exactly, will alert you, exactly. That will alert you to some uh, of the things that, that might be available um, to them online. Gwen, I'm all out of time here. Um, thank you again for all of your expertise. Um, Gwen Duncan at Cordially Yours Travel. We'll put a link to her website. You can give her a shout if you don't have a travel agent slash advisor, particularly if you're looking for cruises. Gwen has a lot of knowledge in that area. Thanks again for your time, Gwen. Thank you, guys, so much. Bye-bye. Hi. All right, my friends. Uh, that just about wraps up another Travel Guys radio program. Remember, TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to Gwen and all of our special guests here on the program. So uh, that's a wrap, Mark. Everybody remember, dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week. All right. Stay well, my friends. See you next time.